0: Oh, it's nine minutes, okay. I'm um, very happy to be here. I, I almost wouldn't be here. Last night we had our first performance of the opera Grendel at the Los Angeles Opera, and I tell you, I don't know why I do what I do, because I was sitting there with my heart in my mouth as we were dealing with anything that could happen. It was live circus, and anything could have broken down, and one thing stopped and another. But anyway, you ask, why do you do this? Well, I'm going to take you back very quickly. Thirty years ago, when I graduated from Oberlin College, I received a Watson Traveling Fellowship in visual theater, and experimental puppet theater, whatever that meant, to Indonesia, Eastern Europe, and Japan. Now, I went to Indonesia, presumably for three months, and stayed four years. I was 22 years old at the time, and I was so moved and taken with the power of theater in that society in, our, in my society at the time, Arts and Leisure, it was the Arts and Leisure page at, on the New York Times. So for me, arts were always considered not that important, not that fundamental to the very essence of living. And when I went to Indonesia, where there were no films, there were hardly any movies, there was no television, I was in an environment where Performing arts, music, theater, dance, was the very essence of living. There was no word in Bali for theater, for art. It was what you do. It was synonymous with your religion. It was synonymous with eating, with, with breathing, with everything. It's very odd to be coming after these very impressive, more science-oriented folks because you always say, well, how do I, as an artist, how do I help? If I'm not going to get up there and dive under the ocean or make bills or do something like that, what, what is my function in this world today? And I'm, I'm going to just bring you back to one of the seminal moments of my life that spoke to how I should operate as an individual, how and why I operate. And this was in Bali. I had already been there for two years. I'd started my own theater company that I didn't intend to do, but I had, a, I had spent the time there and so was so Im- moved by the power of the arts that I wanted to stay. And I found myself in this little village at the base of, a, of an active volcano, an, a village called Trunyan, which is considered the oldest Balinese that they were that they sprang from the water from the volcanic water right there and i was sitting under a giant banyan tree with the roots beringan tree with the roots in the ground in a quiet moment i was trying to have a little bit of peace and quiet and all around the village it was a, it was a ceremony for an initiation ceremony for the young men at the time And I heard gamelan orchestras from all over. Many, many villages had come with their orchestras. And I was just quietly, there was no electricity. I was sitting under this banyan tree, under the full moon, listening to this Charles Ivesian concert going on. And all of a sudden, out of the darkness, I saw 20, I could hardly see them, men in full Barris costume, a war costume with the little mirrors glinting by the light of the moon. I squinted my eyes, no one could see me. And as they came out, they were performing an entire dance. There were no musicians. There was no audience. It was full costume that you could hardly see. And all these men were moving, and from the depths of their bellies came these incredible voices. And for the, it seemed like an eternity, but I think it was about a half an hour, they danced the most extraordinary dance with spears. Look, they were 70, 80-year-old men dancing very straight. I saw them afterwards, and as soon as the dance was over, they were bent again. And I sat there watching this at age 22. And as soon as that dance ended, a young man came out with a propane lantern, hung it up on a tree, a couple more came out, villagers filled up this square, and for the rest of the nine hours of the evening, they put on an opera, they put on an arja, a dance. And I realized that the human beings needed the light to see that dance, but somebody else who was watching the first dance that I saw didn't need the light. The light was coming from somewhere else. These men were performing for something else. And no matter what religion or non-religion you are, I understood what God meant for the first time. And I'm basically not religious in that way, yet I know that the power of art touches people in the same way that the power of religion, because always from the beginning of art, it was linked with religion. It was for a ceremony, whether it was a tooth filing ceremony in one culture, or a celebration of a harvest, or a shaman had to make a journey beneath the sea in an Eskimo culture to find out why his his neighbor was sick. The people were calling upon the shaman who is, the original psychiatrist and medical doctor at the time, I knew from my studies what the what the origins of art were, but I had never ever experienced it like that moment in Indonesia and From then on, I understood that even with what I did, if it was the beads on a on a um, a costume piece in The Lion King, I said, I don't want to make them out of plastic. I know it's cheaper, but I somehow feel that if I make them out of real stones, if they make them out of real clay beads, even if past the 10th row, they're not visible, they're still there. Somehow they're still there, and the performer who's wearing those clay beads will know that they're not fake, that they're authentic, that that there is something that is on their body, and they'll perform differently. It's, it's interesting for me to move back and forth between th- theater, film, and opera, basically. I mean, and many other things. I, I have never liked being put in a box, and I'm sure none of you like it. What are you? What do you want to be? Who are you going to be? Well, I'm not a puppeteer, but somehow I'm called that. I'm not a designer only. I'm not a theater. I'm kind of a maker, a theater or art maker. and. Why do I do it has a lot to do with the reaction of the public to what I do. Now, people always want to say that there's a difference between commercial art and art. And for a long time, if I said I was an artist, it was a giant scarlet letter, the big A, because that meant not commercial, no money to be had, not successful. Well, I think with the Lion King, and even before that, but in a very large way, the Lion King was able to bridge those two worlds. And what I will insist is that there is no difference. If you commit yourself totally and fully to what you're doing and put those blinders on and believe in it, and believe that you have something profound or even entertaining to say, then you can do both. You do not have to drop one of these worlds for the other. For me, the most uh, moving story of The Lion King and why I do what I do happened to be the story of a family who had ordered tickets months before. It was hard to get. And one of their children, the little girl during that time was very ill and she had died, about a 10-year-old girl. And the family came to the point where their tickets, it was the night of the performance and they decided that they would go and take their younger son to this performance. And whether you know the story or not, there is a point in The Lion King where the child asks the father, when you die, where will you be? Will you, will you always be there for me? And the father answers in song, this, see the stars out there. I and your ancestors are out there. They live in you. They live in me. They're watching over everything we do. Now, it seems like a, a platitude, a simplistic concept. But at this point, The young boy, when he heard that song, turned to his parents and he said, Sarah's there, isn't she? She's still with us, isn't she? And the parents had somehow brought their child into, we use the word ritual, but we don't really understand what it means except for brushing your teeth every night or doing something every day. But the idea of of art and performance is to fundamentally touch those moments to bridge those gaps that are impossible for human beings to step over. They're there to feel those moments of utter despair. They're there to create awe. We wonder what awe is. You go into a church or a temple or a synagogue or a mosque and you wonder, what is it? What is it that the architects was, were after? It was about transformation. It was about the human being walking into this architectural space and feeling a sense of awe. Now, whether you do it in film, theater, music, whatever you do as an artist, what you're trying to do is to create a perspective, a new, fresh perspective for your audience. One last, up oh, I'm at the zero, but I'm gonna do one last thing, which is when 9-11 happened, I got a call, I'm from New York, I saw it out my window, and I got a call from Bill Moyers saying, would you come on the show? And I said, what, are you kidding me? Why me, I mean, why not? You, you've had the rabbis, you've had the, the the priests, you've had the others, the the ones who are there for this moment of tremendous, uh, incredul- incredulous um, uh, tragedy. He said, I want an artist's perspective, and Bill T. Jones and I came on. And I'm not used to talking about something that's not directly related to what I do, but I only could speak from what I saw, and this was it. As an artist, as a, as, as a creator, I saw this event as the need for us to put a mirror behind us. That for me, I looked at it and I said, what would cause anybody to be willing to risk their life or to create such an incredibly horrendous act, to create this horrendous act to." Be willing to go, what is it? why what is it against me or my life or my culture? I forced me to want to step outside and see from another perspective and that is something that may have been shocking at the moment there were a lot of people were just about. Oh, let's be calm, let's, let's try and we are suffering, we are the heroes who were speaking about that. Oh, poor us, poor us, poor us. I'm not making that there's, a, there's a, a good or a bad or an evil or a not evil. All it did to me was say, I have to see from the outside how to look again at my culture. What is it that we have done that would cause this incredible event? Now, there's not, there's not a, a um, judgment on that event. All it is, all that I'm trying to say is that our role or what we can do is to take that mirror and skew it. When we create a painting, it's not about creating a painting of reality because there's no such thing. Reality for every person is very different. But what we can do is we can step outside of ourselves or help others step outside and look again with a fresh perspective, a new mirror, tell the story in a new way, and hopefully inspire people, like many of these speakers have done today, to see their lives differently and to create a sense of awe. Thank you, and thank you for this opportunity.